to the Deeper Dive podcast, Catechism of the Catholic Church in a Year. Today is day number 330, and we begin with number 2581. For the people of God, the temple was to be the place of their education and prayer, pilgrimages, feasts, and sacrifices, the evening offering, the incense, and the bread of the presence, shoe bread. All these signs of the holiness and glory of God most high and most near were appeals to and way to and ways of prayer. But ritualism often encouraged an excessively external worship. The people needed education in faith and conversion of heart. This was the mission of the prophets, both before and after the exile. Elijah is the father of the prophets, the generation of those who seek him who seek the face of the God of Jacob. Elijah's name, the Lord is my God, foretells the people's cry in response to his prayer on Mount Carmel. St. James refers to Elijah in order to encourage us to pray. The prayer of the righteous is powerful and effective. After Elijah had learned mercy during his retreat at the Wadi Cherith, he teaches the widow of Zarephath to believe in the word of God and confirms her faith by his urgent prayer. God brings the widow's child back to life. The sacrifice on Mount Carmel is a decisive test for the faith of the people of God. In response to Elijah's plea, Answer me, O Lord, answer me. The Lord's fire consumes the Holocaust at the time of the evening oblation. The Eastern liturgies repeat Elijah's plea in the Eucharistic Epiclesis. Finally, taking the desert road that leads to the place where the living and true God reveals himself to his people, Elijah, like Moses before him, hides in a cleft of the rock until the mysterious presence of God has passed by. But only on the mountain of the transfiguration will Moses and Elijah behold the unveiled face of him whom they sought. The light of the knowledge of the glory of God shines in the face of Christ, crucified and risen. In their one-to-one encounters with God, the prophets draw light and strength for their mission. Their prayer is not flight from this unfaithful world, but rather attentiveness, attentiveness to the word of God. At times their prayer is an argument or a complaint, but it is always an intercession that awaits and prepares for the intervention of the Savior God, the Lord of history. From the time of David to the coming of the Messiah, Texts appearing in these sacred books show a deepening in prayer for oneself and in prayer for others. Thus, the Psalms were gradually collected into the five books of the Psalter, or praises, the masterwork of prayer in the Old Testament. The Psalms both nourished and expressed the prayer of the people of God gathered during the great feast at Jerusalem and each Sabbath in the synagogues. Their prayer is inseparably personal and communal. It concerns both those who are praying and all men. The Psalms arose from the communities of the Holy Land and the Diaspora, but embrace all creation. Their prayer recalls the saving events of the past, yet extends into the future, even to the end of history. It commemorates the promises of God has already kept and awaits the Messiah who will fulfill them definitively. Prayed by Christ and fulfilled in Him, the Psalms remain essential to the prayer of the Church. The Psalter is the book in which the Word of God becomes man's prayer. In other books of the Old Testament, the words proclaim God's works and bring to light the mystery they contain. The words of the psalmist, sung for God, 
both expressed and acclaimed the Lord's saving works. The same Spirit inspires both God's work and man's response. Christ will unite the two. In him, the Psalms continue to teach us how to pray. The Psalter's many forms of prayer take shape both in the liturgy of the temple and in the human heart. Whether hymns or prayers of lamentation or thanksgiving, whether individual or communal, whether royal chants, songs of pilgrimage, or wisdom meditations, the Psalms are a mirror of God's marvelous deeds in the history of his people, as well as reflections of the human experiences of the psalmist. Though a given psalm may reflect an event of the past, it still possesses such direct simplicity that it can be prayed in truth by men of all times and conditions. Certain constant characteristics appear throughout the psalms. Simplicity and spontaneity of prayer, the desire for God himself, through and with all that is good in his creation, the distraught situation of the believer who, in his preferential love for the Lord, is exposed to a host of enemies and temptations, but who waits upon what the faithful God will do in the certitude of his love and in submission to his will. The prayer of the Psalms is always sustained by praise. That is why the title of this collection, as handed down to us, is so fitting, The Praises. Collected for the assembly's worship, the Psalter both sounds the call to prayer and sings the response to that call. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. What is more pleasing than a psalm? David expresses it well. Praise the Lord, for a psalm is good. Let there be praise for our God with gladness and grace. Yes, a psalm is a blessing on the lips of the people. Praise of God, the assembly's homage, a general acclamation, a word that speaks for all, the voice of the church, a confession of faith in song. Father Jack. Thanks, Phil. Elijah is is often just considered, you know, is rightly so considered the greatest of the prophets and in, in, in one sense of the word. And, uh, you know, often is compared with his counterpart, also is, should be pronounced closer to Elijah, but it's usually said Elisha, um, who's more of a wonder worker. And Elijah is this great speaker of truth and, and rightly so, right? And so he calls people out. But I, they're, funny enough, the catechism kind of skips over his most dramatic of, of scenes. Well, at least I think so. Um, where he takes down the prophets of Baal, right? And literally takes them down and annihilates them. Um, not, though, with any type of worldly power, but rather uh, by calling upon God. Uh, it's, it's probably, I mean, I think it's one of the funniest scenes you're going to find because, you know, Elijah sits there and mocks them. Oh, maybe your gods are asleep. You need to be louder. Maybe you need, you know, maybe this just, you know, whatever. And, and it's really kind of fun uh, to, to read until you see what happens at the end when they get consumed. But, um but, but it is something telling, I think, of, of the confidence that we gain uh, not because of our own strength and, and our ability to survive, right? Elijah, Elijah is going against, uh, I think it's 250 prophets of Baal. Now, we're just assuming it's just them. It's 250 against one, but the reality is it's probably close to 1,000 versus one. Um, and actually, and we know that there's more than just those prophets because the people convert when they see that God shows himself as true, as, as the only God, right? And so we have this um, kind of example to us of the confidence we should take, but not of our own ways, which I think is so easy to do, um, even if we are prayerful or even if we're attempting to be prayerful. 
um, is to not allow our heart to be converted in a humble sort of way to allow for God to be who it should be, right? And to move not just from uh, externals, but truly an interior conversion of the heart. And I think that's what what we see so beautifully in the Psalms, right? This last section of, of last part of this section, um, which is this kind of great collection of, of how to speak to God, this great collection that, of which so much can be taught to us. And these 150 Psalms is, um, is, is pretty much every emotion, it's every desire, it's every everything that we could possibly imagine. And it is God telling us, teaching us how to pray to him. Um, that, that in the Psalms, we see so much of the human condition, um, which is why it forms the basis of the church's official prayer, the Liturgy of the Hours. It's why uh, St. Benedict, when he fa- founds the Benedictines, says that they're going to pray the Psalter, all 150 Psalms, every week. Um, the current priests and most religious now say all, the, most of the Psalms, not even all of them. Uh, every four weeks, but but you know they, the monks were able to take a, a bit more rigorous rule, and they do to this very day. Um, but what do we see in it is rather, uh, what should we take away from this book is is that we have every freedom to speak to God free to speak to God as we need to to speak to Him, um, with the heart that is <laughs> trusting in Him, with a heart that is moved towards him in a heart that he created, puts into motion, calls back, and now is sanctifying. But in our, in our uh, re- you know, return to him, we're trusting in him, and that's what God desires more than all.